Welcome to Connex, a global leadership platform for construction executives. Uh, today, I have with us Jeannie Cullen Schultz, and I'm actually named after an aunt, as well as Jean Louise Finch from To Kill a Mockingbird. So, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a, that's an interesting story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and my mom always had aspirations that people would call me Scout, but that never happened. So we named our one and only dog as a kid Scout. So. <laughs> Well, um, why, don't, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? And I kind of take a, a, a different perspective when I interview people on a podcast because I, I try to uh, do what the Larry King used to do. He used to never read anything about anybody just because it it was very authentic. When And so in that nature, it's not that I'm interested. I'm very interested in what she had to say. And actually, uh, congratulations for being the person we selected on Women in Construction Week. So, uh, uh, congratulations there. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, how'd you find yourself in, in the construction industry? Cause obviously as a woman that construction is, it hasn't been a, a predominant, still, still is not a predominant industry for women. And, uh, uh, did you always work in the construction? So tell sure. us a little bit about that. I can do that. And thank you for, for having me on here. Happy to, to represent JP Cullen and then also other women in the industry. So a little bit about me. Um, I am in Madison, Wisconsin predominantly, but our company is throughout Wisconsin and the Midwest. And I do work in our Madison office as well in, in Janesville. I am a mom of five, uh, five wow, kids. On, five, yeah. Huh? five kids under the age of eight. So my husband and I went for number four and ended up with four and five. So we have one-year-old twins. <laughs> well, I have four and people tell me I'm crazy. So five, yeah. holy cow, you guys are yeah, really it's crazy. A little nuts. It's a little nuts right right now, but we're enjoying <laughs> it and we're avid, avid sports fans and really um, staying busy between sports, construction, and just life as it just continues to, to keep moving forward. I, uh, played college basketball at Dartmouth College and was a psychology major. And during college, as well as high school, leading up to that, always planned on doing something in athletics. It was really my love and passion. So I was going down the path to be a college basketball coach and did it for about two and a half years and realized as much as I love basketball, I'm not sure I love kind of some of the other stuff that comes along with college athletics um, these days, whether it be the travel, the recruiting, um, kind of the moving every couple of years if I want to do advance, which I knew I would want to do as a, as a pretty competitive person. So I said, uh-oh, um, all I've ever wanted to do is uh, be in sports and athletic administration. What am I going to do now? And I was about 27 credits um, into a 30-credit master's degree program at the University of Wisconsin, and I made this change. And you know, my dad never, never pressured me or steered me into the family business. In fact, I was one of, um, we have, there's 13 in the fifth generation and I was the only one that never worked at the family business, whether it was an uh, internship or a summer job, whatever, I never did it. So he probably thought it was a long shot, but he suggested I went and meet with a couple women in the industry just to show me that constructions like any business and it comes down to people and knowing knowing your work knowing your business what's going to make you successful and have a good team and they really opened my eyes to that and so then I said okay well I've certainly um, not very handy and don't know a ton about construction at this time so as a 
avid avid learner um, i said i better go back to school and do something in construction management so i did that it took me about 18 months to get my master's in construction management again at the university of wisconsin and work part-time for an hvac subcontractor uh, outside of madison and was very fortunate to work for them for five years after i graduated in 2009 which was an interesting time for for most construction companies as um, projects really had slowed down and um, there just was not a lot of hiring so i was really blessed to be able to continue on with them and then about three years after that, I came back to the family business and started as a project manager and over the last 10 years have worked my way up from project manager to a division manager and now I'm co-president alongside my brother George. So that's kind of a little bit about myself, um, you know, short answer to did I always want to work in construction? The answer was no until about age 24, 25. And now I can't imagine doing anything different. Just really love what I get to do day to day and with with some awesome people. Well, you know, you see you, you, you have one thing that uh, that is probably that your past definitely helps is that athletics is number one competition you know and you you can't be in a more competitive world than construction but number two just the, kind of the mentality there and all together i think it mirrors construction in a lot of ways and i i think you probably saw that as you kind of rolled into it i mean um sports yeah. especially like basketball you know it's it's i mean there there's a lot of good women's basketball teams, but um, you know, it kind of like is um, you guys are still fighting for the limelight from, you know, you know, yeah. and I think that that probably prepared you a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, for sure. And um, you know, also just be, being used to only being the only female, whether it was at the pickup game at the YMCA or out shooting hoops and you tend to be there's it's pretty challenging to find ten women um just casually going and playing basketball. So inherently it's the um one or two ladies that are playing with the the guys and I'm I'm just used to being around men, which um, you know, I think some of the questions we're gonna get to just it's just kind of the way I've always um, done things and interacted and have found pretty able to, to interact regardless of gender with people pretty easily. But as construction and sports are just so, so similar and I never really would have known that until I got into the industry and our business. But you mentioned the co competition, you, you literally can win and lose every day in construction whether it's on an operation where you're trying to our, our guys are trying to beat beat the estimate and show that you know we can you know form this wall a little bit quicker than the the past job to make a little bit of money or with on a bid or an rfp process where you're competitively um pursuing work with your with your client so there's a lot of winning um hopefully more winning than losing and that's usually usually the case we're fortunate there um but then the teamwork and just being a part of a great, great team and having a bunch of other people that really want to roll up their sleeves and compete and work hard. It just it really is pretty synonymous with the, the sports um, world that we grew up on. My brother actually played football in college. Uh, my sister played basketball in college and then our both our parents were college athletes and our cousin played football uh, in college as well. So pretty, pretty uh, sports. Um, Heavy, heavy family. So, uh, 
So can you, uh, you said that you, uh, your, you and your brother uh, both uh, run the company. Does, uh, uh, are you better at basketball than he is? So um, that's a good question. Uh, he is six foot four, six foot five. And as I've gotten a little older, I would say I've probably gotten a little bit slower on the court. Um, but if it's a horse competition or a lightning, I like my odds. If it's one-on-one, -on -one, he's probably got the benefit of a little <laughs> We won't ask him because I like you. I like your perspective, not his. My so. first step, my first step wasn't always blazing, but it certainly has gotten slower over over <laughs> eight years. So, can you give us uh, some history about uh, JP Colin, uh, where they have been, where they're at now, and where they're going? Yeah, um, you know, incredibly blessed. We're a fifth generation family business. hundred and thirty. Wow, fifth generation, huh? Wow. Yeah, it's pretty unusual. Um, usually don't, it's pretty tough to make it past the third gen generation. And then usually if they do um, tend to have some different ownership um, changes, but we're still fifth generation family owned um, and have intention and actually already started succession planning for the sixth generation. We've already kind of written our family employment policy for that next generation, even though there's not a kid that's over 10 years old yet. So um Feel very strongly about being a family business, but around 130 years, like I mentioned, predominantly in Wisconsin, and you know, been very fortunate. There's good, healthy markets here in southern Wisconsin, whether it be in Madison and Milwaukee, northern Illinois, and Iowa. And then we do travel across the country for some of our clients um, that will will do some shutdown work and travel and do do work for them. Where it's been, you know, one thing is pretty cool is each generation that's come before for us has really taken the company to to another level. Um, going back to my grandpa when we were probably a you know 50 to 100 person firm, to my dad and his two brothers grew it to um, call 350 to 500 employees and um, just really grown into a larger business, which is pretty, pretty what, cool. What do you think the common thread there is? And I hate to, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but okay. uh, what do you think the common thread is? You know, I think um, a couple things, predominantly wanting to be able to give our team members and employees new opportunities for, for growth and leadership. So, you know, as you keep assembling more and more talented individuals, they want to take on more. They're ready to take on more of those challenging projects, starting a new division. So always looking to have good controlled growth that will lead to, to more success. And then I'd also say we've been really blessed to have some pretty flagship projects that really, you know, at the time probably really stretched our team, whether it be the state capitol here in Madison, where we touched every inch of the building over a 10 year project or working for the University of Wisconsin and the athletic department. Two of the last um, major, uh, we're actually on our third, but two of the last major stadium projects that they did, and then have been fortunate to partner with Epic Systems in Verona. So, um, being able to grow our people alongside the the work that that is out there has been probably the biggest common um, theme or thread, I would say. Um, so I didn't mean to cut you off, but you you were talking about uh, you know the kind of the history of the company. You talked about being a five generation. And uh, um, so where are you guys at now? So we are, um, we just actually um, transitioned from that fourth generation to the fifth generation in terms of ownership. And then for, for leadership and management positions, George and I took over as co-presidents. Um, it'll probably be two years in June. 
Um, my time is always a little foggy. It's kind of pre-kids, post-kids, but um, we've yeah. been in a role for, for two years and um, just really excited. We're, we're starting our um, our business year or our fiscal year starts on 4-1. So we're just finalizing our uh, financial plan and our business plan for the, the next year. And there's just great opportunity um, with our current clients, but also continuing to grow the business with some new service lines and continuing to go, as we say, wider and deeper with our, our current clients. Um, but yeah, from so what, a, what do you guys, what? what do you guys do revenue wise a year? Um, um, about, about 450 is where we'll be at this wow. year. Um, and again, I, I think I mentioned it in my intro or at some point is it's really important. Size isn't the definitely not the most important thing to us. We want to have good controlled growth so that we can service our clients, but we do want to grow so that we can give our team members the opportunity to take on uh, new roles, more responsibility. Um, you know, we've got some of our, our team members want to, like I mentioned, look at a new service line where we might be um, calling on different clients, but selling them services or performing services that are well within our, our reason. Um, and then traveling to different geographic markets. I mentioned um, one of our groups, our industrial group travels across the country with, with our clients and there's certainly some more opportunity with that, within them to go a little bit wider and deeper. Well, you know, you, you, you mentioned a lot there. One thing I didn't uh, hear or didn't hear because uh, it sounded like you mentioned different sectors. What sectors are you primarily focused on or what sectors do you have and what sector are you growing into? Sure. So um, we're in the industrial um, market, and that's for us predominantly food and beverage, power. Um, I'm sure I'll, I'll forget one. Um, automotive, which has been a little bit slower for us, and then that's where we do our heavy steel setting. We are in commercial, higher ed, and K-12, and then healthcare. Uh, I think I mentioned um, our primary markets there. So the fastest growing ones, I would say, are industrial is really really growing and continues to be great opportunities and then healthcare obviously with the pandemic that kind of threw a little bit of a wrench with some of our healthcare clients and just that um you know things had to pause or had to be restructured based on where where they were seeing patients but we see that as a continued um market of growth and then the other one that we're we're looking um we've always done science and technology and lab work but haven't had a, a dedicated focus on that. And that would be one we're gonna be looking to, to pursue a little bit more heavily. So um, so what's some challenges that you guys have faced as, you know, I, I have a family business, I was a founder, I have three of my kids work in the company. Um, so I understand it's not all uh, uh, unicorns and rainbows, I'll <laughs> say, you know, as I say to my kids all the time. So, So what are some yeah. of the challenges leading a family business? Yeah, I think that's a good question and one that, you know, you seem to, um, I don't want to say run into something every day, but there are unique challenges um, quite frequently, whether it's a family business or leading any business over the last couple of years. Um, I would say the hardest thing for us is turning off business, especially when we go home, whether it's to our individual families or when we're celebrating holidays, birthdays or whatever together, you know, it's, it's hard to separate personal from professional because they really do blend together when you are working alongside all of your siblings and, and your, your dad. Um, so I think we have, uh, I'm sure like in your family, <laughs> you have um, spouses or partners that are very, um, 
understanding and appreciative and not don't get too mad at you when you're talking about cranes at Christmas dinner. Um, <laughs> I think the other thing I would say, and this isn't unique to a family business, but when you talk about being a $450 million construction operation, you're talking about 500, 600 employees and their families that you want to make sure number one are, are working safely and going home each day, but then two, that they have, um, not just a job, but a career and a, a business that is going to keep them employed and having opportunities. Um, so making sure we have that sustained uh, work program to not have the ebbs and flows, I think is probably the biggest um, not challenge, but focus that we don't want to, and you can't see my hands, but we don't want to have that. We're going up and down and having to really um, have our workforce swing. You know, I, I think that sometimes the, the family business are, well, I don't think sometimes, I, I know that family businesses have a tendency to be uh, uh, more family oriented for their employees, you know, which I think is a wonderful thing, you know, um, they're not just a resource, they're actually, they're people, you know, yeah. and yeah. and that sometimes it gets lost, especially in our business. Um, so. Tell us about some of your mentors, you know, that you've had throughout your career and uh, how have they shaped you uh, to be the leader that you're today? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, first and foremost, it's it's my parents. When I was growing up and when I um, started having uh, my own kids, I always said if I could be half the mom my mom was to me, then I, I'm doing pretty, pretty well. So my mom just always set a great example for us of, um, being strict, but also loving and showing us right from wrong and giving us opportunities to to not only succeed, but more importantly, fail and was there for us to, you know, help us through when we were having challenging times. And she always put the kids and the family um, first. And so I'm definitely trying to, to do that uh, like she did. And then my dad just he worked harder than anybody I know. Um, you know, there were definitely times growing up, I wish my dad was around more, but he was the type that went, had breakfast with us almost every morning, which was pretty cool before we went off to school. And then he would work until about 4.30 or five, come home, ride the exercise bike, eat dinner, and then go back to the office from, um, call it seven to 10. So both those guys set pretty good examples um, and showed, you know, things that I want to do from a professional and personal standpoint. But then I also was fortunate to work for um, two great leaders when I was working at North American Mechanical. The first is a woman, um, it's just fitting as we're talking about women in construction. Mm -hmm. Her name is uh, Melody Doyle. And she, I would say, is one of the best construction project managers and construction professionals that I've ever interacted with with and I got to learn under her and she was tough as nails and she knew the contract documents, she knew the contract, she knew the specs and she was always um, pushing and advocating not just for her company but also for the owner to have the best product um, that they could have. So she taught me a heck of a lot about project management and the, the nuts and bolts of construction. And then um, Melody's boss, who was also my boss and the, the president of North American Mechanical is Steve Ross. And he, he, much like my dad, was just a very sharp business person and grew an incredible team and really grew their company over time and just really learned a lot from him how to, you know, from business development through operations, just a really sh sharp um, construction professional. 
you know, I I bet you your parents. Uh, it took me till I was like 40 to realize, you know, um, uh, to really appreciate my dad. And uh, <laughs> and it's kind of yeah. funny because you know, unfortunately, uh, my dad had passed away before yeah. that time, so he didn't have a chance to see it. But uh, I can't wait, and I hope I'm I'm alive where my kids actually figure that out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty cool when that, um, you know, I always had a lot of respect and understanding for what my parents did, but once you have kids and can kind of see um, everything you go through as a parent, but then you have that kind of perspective of what your what your childhood was like. And I'm just very, very thankful and blessed. And now I live about 10 minutes from my parents. So they are very um, engaged and active with our family and our fi five kids, and um, it's really awesome. So, so when you started in industry, uh, where did you, you see your career taking you? And you kind of talked about this a little bit, but uh, are, are you where you thought you would be? You know, um, it's interesting because I, again, as a kind of a competitive and driven person, I knew I was going to want to continue to to take on more responsibility and a, a greater role within the company. Um, when I when I started as a project manager at Cullen, I was um, really enjoyed what I was doing, liked that I had um, was working on our Camp Randall project and at the stadium, but I only had a, you know, my role was just with that one project and I knew I wanted to be able to touch different parts of the business and do a little bit more business development, um, a little bit more profit and loss responsibility. And so when I got into the healthcare division manager role, that was really cool because I didn't know a ton about healthcare construction and um, how it was different from other divisions of work or um, clients. But gosh, did I learn a lot in those five, six years of doing that role and just the importance of um, relationships, execution, doing what you say you're gonna do. You know, when you're working inside a hospital, there's not a lot of margin for error. And that was really cool. Um, and then just over the last couple of years, um, you know, unfortunately, we lost our past president way too early. He passed away um, last August, and he was actually set to retire tomorrow, ironically. Um, wow. He set a date. He always told us that he was going to retire on 2-22-22. And you'd ask him what's so special about 2-22-22. And there, there wasn't to our, our knowledge, there really wasn't anything, but that's the date that he set around his age, and he thought it'd be cool to have all <laughs> retirement dates. So sadly, he, he passed away from a really aggressive form of cancer, and things accelerated quite a bit. Um, George and I were supposed to have probably a, about a two-year transition plan working alongside with Ron, but, um, you know, we got thrown into it at the start of the pandemic and luckily he, he had a roadmap for us and we have great people to lean on, whether it be our dad and two uncles who are still around or our tremendous uh, leadership team. And, you know, the, you're kind of learning by fire when you take the seat a little bit earlier and also in the middle of a pandemic, but happy where we're at now. Um, and again, wouldn't want to be doing anything differently. Um, so, what kind of challenges have you faced, you know, and uh, what strategies have you used to overcome some of them? And, you know, since it's Women in Construction Week, uh, I'm interested uh, also from your perspective, you know, being a woman in construction also. Yeah, you know, I think my challenges are probably similar to other people, young um, professionals or executives in, in the industry and just that um, 
you know, each, each situation or each building experience you go through is going to be different. And um, sometimes, you know, you have to present a budget that might be over budget or a number that might be over budget, or you can't get the steel because for whatever reason, it's impossible to get steel. Um, so those just working through them um, and getting feedback and advice from my mentors and my peer group, that's, that's been helpful. Um, I would also say I am very fortunate, um, you know, from a, a broader perspective, I have a, I'll call it a women's group. Um, and it's nine other ladies that are in um, investment, design, banking, contracting, development, and we meet once a month and we've just formed an incredible bond and trust and relationships with these ladies, whether it's things we're dealing with personally or professionally, can always go to them and ask for advice or feedback. And we're also pretty good at giving feedback with the bark on it. So that's that's been really helpful and definitely used them a lot when I was trying to decide if I wanted to throw my name in the ring and go through our pretty intense um, interview process for the co-president role as I was kind of figuring out everything going on at home and then also professionally. I think that was one of the biggest challenges. So, um... What has been your experience as a, a female, primarily in a male-dominated industry? And I get—I have. This is a very important topic to me because I have several women within the operations side of our business, not just administrative, but the operational side too. And I just think there's a lot of value. Uh, my wife being one of them, she was the controller of my company and ultimately left as the CFO about a year ago to go to school. And um, seeing some of the stuff that she had to deal with and kind of how you how you how different of a world it was from my my own you know um, career I thought was very interesting so I wanted to kind of get that from from you yeah um I think for the most part and you know maybe I'm I'm fortunate but I would say for the most part it's been pretty darn positive and I feel like you know, some of that's probably attributed attributed to myself, but also just the great people that I can I get to work with. Um, are there days sometimes where I probably get second guessed because I'm a woman? Um, sure, that happens sometimes, but luckily, um, I think our industry has come a long way. We may not have still the number of females that we want um, in the industry, but I do think people are are more receptive to dealing with uh, women on the other side of the table, especially because a lot of our buyers of construction services tend to be women. So that's great. I think, um, you know, one thing that I've really learned and seen uh, over the years is that women um, do um, tend to bring a different perspective to a situation or a meeting or an environment. And you got to be willing to speak up and share what, what you're seeing, what you're thinking. You might not be right all the the time but sometimes you, just the way you view a problem or a situation can, can open up your team's eyes um, the other thing I would say is just being um, a continual learner and I don't know if this is gender specific or age I probably struggled more when I was you know I nobody can see me because I'm on a podcast but I do tend to to have a younger face and smile pretty big um, I would say I face more challenges being the youngest person in the room. But I, I quickly learned and found that if you ask questions and you genuinely want to learn and get better, people are so so responsive to that and willing to to help and help you move forward. 
um, especially if you're working together and you're ending up with a better product. And I, I never like to try to, you know, I think the number one way you can create a more divisive environment is to acknowledge there's a device environment. Yeah. But I also believe there's some things that you have to, there's some common threads. And one thing I, I have learned from the women that I have dealt with in construction is they're far better communicators. <laughs> and I, don't mean to, and, and I, I, I just, because rather than thinking everything in a, from a logical perspective, you got to understand there are people, when people say things, it, you know, it comes from their perspective and get people. Uh, and it just seems like the women that I have worked with have taught me that in my career about, you know, considering your audience and, uh, um, you know, and so I have to comment. That's a, I just, I want to throw that out. If you had anything you wanted to, wanted to say around that. Yeah, I think that is definitely, um, a fair statement. And sometimes, um, you know, you don't, especially if, if the room is, you know, all, I'm sure it would happen the same way if it was nine, nine women in a room and one, one gentleman, um, you have to be willing to consider the different perspectives and where they're coming from, um, for their points. And I just, I don't, I, for me personally, I, it's my, my motherly instinct, just seeing different, different sides of it and understanding that, um, everybody's probably bringing a different perspective. And again, they may not be right, or you might not be right, but you got to be willing to understand why he or she may be bringing that different perspective. So if you could provide some constructive feedback uh, to any male leadership, as I said, you know, I have been the recipient of some really great uh, female leadership. Uh, and actually, the funny thing is, is that some of them weren't even my supervisor. They were peers or they had uh, worked underneath my command at one point and uh, in the other, you know, where, where I, when I was, cause I was in the service that worked within the unit I was responsible for. Uh, what would you, what, what would you give uh, feedback, construction feedback to, to them? To the male leaders? Um, yes. You know, I think uh, just inherently over the last two years, people have become a heck of a lot more understanding and flexible, which is a nice benefit of what we've been going through with the pandemic. So I would definitely encourage, whether it's male or female, um, just to continue to be understanding that everybody has different um, situations, whether it be at home or at work, that might require a little bit of flexibility. But then I'd also encourage, um, and I think sometimes it could be hard for, you know, if you're your supervisor, um, you know, for my example, my Ron Becker, who was my past president, he was a 50, call it a 55 year old man, and I was a 35 year old woman. And I'm like, shoot, I don't have a whole lot in common with, with Ron. He's really into fishing and up north and hunting. And that's about the furthest thing that, that I do. Um, so I, I acknowledge that it was probably challenging for him at first to, to be my, my leader and my um, direct reporter. I was his direct report. So getting to know your team outside of just your work relationship and see where you can find commonalities that'll make, whether it's a tough conversation, a growth conversation, whatever it might be, if you know a little bit more about your female coworker or your male coworker, that's gonna go a long way. And we all fall into the trap of we're so busy or we got so much going on, but it means so much when you know and you actually care about the people that are on your team. And what you said right there is exactly what I learned. 
<laughs> you know, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so how do you define success as as president of your organization? Uh, and ha- how do you hope to achieve uh, to achieve that role? I mean, uh, obviously, uh, your role has changed over the years. Um, give us some background on, you know, how, how that definition of success looks to you. Sure, that sounds good. One other real quick thing about feedback to, to male leaders. Um, I really um, hate the question, so how are you handling your work-life balance? I, I just think men would do better if they just don't ask that question to, to females. <laughs> hey, that's good uh, advice. I'm going to take that advice. Because so. they, would, they would never ask that to their male counterpart, I don't think, but um, that that's just a quick hitter. Um, but as far as defining success as a co-president, you know, ultimately, George and I's job is to 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 deliver the expectations um, to our shareholders and then really help be a resource and guide our team to executing our business plan, which as you know, in this industry is not easy to do with the challenges that come come at us as construction um, professionals and construction management firms. But to me, um, we will be successful if we continue the tradition of being JP Cullen, the family business that we are. But more important, we are builders first and something that's been ingrained into George and I and all of us Cullen's head is that we are successful if the men and women who are at the face of the work, swinging the hammer, laying the brick and block, um, setting the steel, if they're successful. So we have to stay builders first and have that, that mindset. And then, um, you know, what do I hope to achieve working alongside George and our team is just moving the business forward. I mentioned that each generation before us has grown the company. They've not only grown it in terms of revenue, but they've grown it in how many employees we have, the, the, the number of challenging projects and opportunities that we have, and really just what is J.P. Cullen fifth generation and sixth generation Um moving forward is is a huge um, um, focus of us as uh, column leadership. Well, um, I can hear in your voice and I can see you like some of our <laughs> listeners can't see you, but I, uh, I can see the smile on your face when you talk about the future um, and uh, uh, kind of goes hand in hand with the kind of person that you are. So, so talk, you. speaking of the future, so what's, what's the future for JP Cullen? Yeah, for, for us, you know, again, we're, we're very fortunate. I think like most firms right now, there's an, a, a lot of work out there and there's good opportunities from um, construction and project standpoint. Um, you know, we, I mentioned we're looking at potentially some new services or a division of work that we're going to be offering. So it's a little little too soon for me to break the news on this podcast, but I'm very confident in our, our team's business plan there to, to have a successful um, business unit that we r- roll out. And then just continuing to grow as leaders. I mentioned George and I have been in our role for two years now, and that's that's pretty younger, new in the role. So how do we continue to grow and evolve over time? And then also as a, a fifth generation ownership group, um, we took took ownership, call it, or we're given ownership on December 8th of 2021. So it hasn't even been three months, barely. Um, and really looking forward to growing as, as a shareholder and ownership group um, and being, you know, continuing the, the tradition of excellence that's been set before us. So uh, I, first off, I want to thank you for being on the podcast today before I ask you the last question, because I always try to give all my guests the last word. Uh, so 
but I want to thank you. You know, um, sounds like you guys have got a really incredible thing going there. Sounds like you've had a generation, generation after generation after generation of winners, you know, and uh, that because winners, no matter what happens, as you said, you know, you kind of came into the industry in 2009. That's not a good time to join the construction industry. Yeah. You know? so, <laughs> yeah. No, that, 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 uh, you know, so, so you just had, there's a certain kind of person. So great credit upon your organization. As far as you go, great credit upon you. Um, obviously, uh, you've, you've come a, a very long way in a very, um, uh, difficult industry. And especially, uh, you kind of have been, you know, carving the way for for others in the future you know um so uh my last question is this how are you managing your work-life balance i'm just joking i'm just joking i just, <laughs> just uh well, you know, my, i know you were you were paying attention and you were with me there yes that, I, my, was, I was i was my i was short answer is not very well so <laughs> you know what i'm gonna take the, actually i'm gonna take that advice because i never realized that that can come off in such a bad way you know so yeah I, I think people mean it in a nice way, but then it's just like, I don't even know how to answer answer it. <laughs> Probably like most men in a similar role, it's it's not very good. And it's something I know I got to work on. <laughs> um, so my last question is this. What is the most important lesson that you've learned so far in your career? So I, I think it's that um, plans can change so quickly and it's not about whether it's an incident or a, a impact or whatever the example might be, your plans are going to change no matter what. The best plan you have is only as good as it is that day. And it's how you respond and it's how your team bands together and responds. And I can think of countless internal or external examples where you're thinking, oh crap, that just happened and the sky is falling. We had a plan it, it shouldn't have gone this way but then you come out of it stronger and it's it's how you respond and how your team see, sees you respond so i think if i can keep doing that and then continue to, to just really focus on people and having the best people on the jp Collin team we'll, we'll be doing okay over here well thank you again so much and uh uh congrat congratulations on number one your role your guys' success the fact that you have been able to survive five children and raising them is an incredible thing. You know, I have four and oh my gosh, I can't imagine five, you know? So, yeah. and, and uh, um, uh, uh, obviously you were selected for women in construction because uh, very impressed with uh, my entire uh, staff, very impressed with uh, who you are and your company. And so the great credit upon you. So uh, then again, once again, I just want to tell you, thank you for being on the podcast and, um, and thank all our listeners for listening today and join us next week for another podcast on Connex. Mm-hmm.